Hey, Valley View Nation. This is Tyler. Uh, I'm recording this as a prelude to the episode that we posted on September 30th, 2021. Uh, I'm recording this on December 2nd, 2022, so over a year later. Um, on this episode, you'll hear we review the album Donda by Kanye West. Um, since then, kind of kind of recently to December 2nd, 2022, Kanye has been posting some uh, very wildly anti-Semitic and just very bad and terrible things on social media. Um, Matt and I were talking about if we should leave this episode up or take it down. We've decided at this point to leave it up um, because this, the discussion we had was, I mean, lighthearted, pretty fun. And it was, you know, b- before we knew that Kanye was uh, an anti-Semite. So you can listen to this episode. You can skip it if you want. But just so you know, Valley View Podcast and Prairie Hill Church and Matt and Tyler all wholeheartedly condemn anti-Semitism. We think that that's bad. Um, and the fact that we did a podcast about Kanye a year and a half ago before we knew that he was an anti-Semite does not mean that we're okay with anti-Semitism. So skip this episode or listen to it, whatever you prefer. But if you decide to listen, I hope you enjoy our review of the Donda album. Welcome to the Valley View Podcast. Uh, I'm Tyler. This is Matt. Matt, what are we talking about this week? Uh, we are reviewing um, an album. A five-letter word album. Yep, we're reviewing an album. So we're stepping into the world of um, music uh, critique, mm-hmm. right? And we're multifaceted here on yep. the VVP. <laughs> we're, Episode yep. 16. Expanding our horizons in that area. Um being uh, critics of, of music. Um, I think we're also going to talk about dynamics, um, compare the dynamics in mega churches and in smaller churches. Is that mm-hmm. right? That yeah. We got on board. Okay. Good. Last um, I checked. So um, you want to tell our listeners about the album that we're going to be reviewing? Yeah. I mean, drum roll, please. This is where I would in, uh, insert a, like a little drum roll sound effect if I knew how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I could probably figure it out. Maybe I will. Drum roll. The album is Donda by Kanye West. What are your thoughts on that, Matt? What are your thoughts on Donda? Well, first of all, what are your thoughts on us reviewing a Kanye West album? Okay, I I do have some thoughts on that. Here's here's the first one. I shared this with Tyler yesterday. I was was amazed by this. Um, Kanye is exactly four months older than me Mm. so we were born the same year he was um born on on june 8th 1977 i was born october october 8th 1977 you were born in the 70s i was born in the 70s my mom was born in the 70s (laughs) (laughs) so oh sorry mom i don't mean to mention you every week it just happens that way (laughs) so me and kanye and tyler's mom have something in common I just, I thought he was way younger than that. And maybe that's because his music appeals to a younger audience. Um, I just would never would have thought he was actually older than I am. Yeah, Matt asked me about this yesterday. And I guess, what did I guess? I was pretty close on his age. Yeah. Because you always, I always just assume that rappers are way older than I think or way younger than I think. Yeah, so he's 44. Yeah. And um, I I was going to ask you this question. I, I don't think I was familiar with Kanye or that he even came into my consciousness until like 10 years ago Hmm. so maybe that's about the same for you when do you feel like uh, Kanye West entered into your consciousness um 
Kanye is one of those people who was never not in my consciousness. Mm. Like, like your dad. Yeah. No, I mean, I never, so I never listened to Kanye. Like until I was in college, I only listened to Christian music and country music. So I never listened to Kanye growing up, but I definitely like knew he existed, you know, like, cause he's just, he's been big for a long time and I'm young enough that like, I think he was probably getting big when I was so young that I don't remember a time before him. Yeah. So I've known of him forever. I, this is, I think this is the only album of his that I've actually listened to the whole thing though. Yeah. So Tyler and I both listened to um, his new album Donda um, over the course of the last week or so. Um, for mm-hmm. the first time, I believe. So, yep. what did you think of the album, Tyler? Um, I maybe we should give it an out of ten. I feel like I would okay. give it like a, or should we save that for the end? I think we should talk about it and then do our ranking at the end. Okay, sounds good. So this album, I thought was, I don't know, I thought it was good. Like I, there were there were some a lot decent amount of songs on it that I listened to it and I was like, ah, oh, that's pleasant to listen to. Like that doesn't hurt my ears, you know? Yeah. Um. Did you have one in particular that stood out? I think my favorite was Jail. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling one of my kids about this. It might have just been my favorite because um, when I listen to songs, I like to hear them. I have to hear them a few times before I really start to understand or resonate with them. Mm-hmm. And I started the album a couple times. Like I started over a couple times and Jail is the second song in the album. So mm-hmm. I just heard it a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I think Jail was my favorite. I liked the song Jesus Lord a decent amount but it's really long um and i kind of liked hurricane too which this brings up a point i mentioned that he has a song called jesus lord and maybe some of our listeners don't know this or don't know much about kanye but matt why are we again like kanye not necessarily over the past 15 years like when we learned about him 10 years ago uh-huh. not really known as a, a christian artist why are we reviewing a kanye album on this christian podcast well we're not reviewing it to endorse it. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, what what we're talking about should not be viewed as an endorsement. I think we're um, we're looking at um, what's being put out into the world as so-called Christian material or Christian message, exactly. which he has actually stepped into over the past, what, four, five, six years? Something like that, yeah. He released an album, I think it was maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. I forget what it was called, but... Jesus is King, maybe? Yeah, Jesus is King, yeah. yeah. He released that yeah. album about three years ago and yeah. said, like, yeah, I'm a Christian now. Yeah. And then he just released Onda, mm-hmm. what is it, a couple months ago now? Yeah. So we thought that, yeah, we would, we would talk about and discuss uh, an album that is, you know, in mainstream culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's presenting itself as Christian. That's what one thing I wondered because I, I really come to this as very much an outsider. But you know, from what you know, does his music still retain a large appeal to the non-Christian world, even though he's come out, he really and, and been very outspoken about being a Christian? I was wondering about that, and I don't really know either. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm pulling out my phone right now because I'm gonna look at what his like how popular he is on Spotify Mm -hmm. because typically artists right when they release a new album they start to like they get really big on Spotify again yeah so I'm just I'm checking to see if he's like really high up in the world rankings because he's not going to be above Ed Sheeran I think Ed Sheeran's like number two right now um wow Kanye has a lot of listeners yeah Kanye is 11th in the world for monthly listens on Spotify right now so he's still popular yeah that's not um just Christian listeners obviously there's a, a broad appeal there so I'm one thing that caught my eye on the album is one of his songs is called Jonah. 
Yeah. And I, I liked Jonah. I did like that one. Yeah, that was a good one. I'm, I'm preaching in the book of Jonah right now. And so that caught my eye. And here was one of the, the observations that I had just really high level. Um, I wrote down this lyric from his song, Jonah. The refrain is, I hope you're there when I need a shoulder to lean on. And I, I assume he's talking about God there. That's true. Um, We'd have to do a more in-depth dive, but yeah, yeah we, we, can, we can guess would. that for now. I hope you're there when I need a shoulder to lean on. But my high-level observation from his album was that um, the prominent theme is lots of different ways of saying, I am needy. I have all these emotional, spiritual, physical needs. I am needy. And the answer is Jesus Christ. Right. I, I heard that theme coming through in lots of different ways. I have all these needs, but God is there. Um, the answer is Jesus, and I'm leaning into him, and I need his help. And at the end of the day, that is the message that we want to take to the world, that we are all needy, and be totally honest about that, and that Jesus is the answer. So, Matt, do you think, like, are you, so are you, are you happy that this album is being presented to the world as Christian, like a Christian album? I'm going to give that, um, I'm going to answer that with like a, um, a hedged yes. Okay. Because I don't feel like I listened enough or carefully I feel enough. the same way. I feel the same way. Yeah. We each listened to it once. Right, I listened to right. it maybe one and a half, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah. continue. Sorry. No, but just going to say that it's kind of a hedged yes. I, I think so, but I'm sure that anybody who's familiar with it could come back and say, Hey, well, did you really hear what he was saying in this song? Or what about this message? And they'd be totally right. Like right. I could have a very different opinion the next time I listen, but on just kind of a, a cursory listening, um, I really appreciated the quality of the music and the what I felt like was the main message. Right. So, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, yeah. For I mean, first of all, I hope in a roundabout way we've gotten to our audience. You know, some of our audience probably has never listened to Kanye or mm -hmm. would think that the fact that we're reviewing a Kanye album is insane. <laughs> I hope you understand why we're doing it. You know, we're not doing it because we we're going to become music critics or because we well, I guess we are music critics now. But yeah. um, but it's not not for any reason other than it's interesting that a guy who has not been associated with Christianity mm -hmm. is associating himself with Jesus now. Mm -hmm. And we we wanted mm -hmm. to know what, what the message is that he's putting out, mm -hmm. you know, um, no, I mean, like, I, I agree with you. Like, you can't deny that he's talented and his talent comes through on this album. Um, I think we could probably do our out of 10 rankings. I would probably give it, I'm just not okay. really. Question for you before we give our ranking. Okay. Not that this is going to help me with the ranking, but um, this is the part of the show where I reveal that, like, I'm an old guy. Okay? <laughs> is this album a rap album or a hip hop album? Because I don't know the difference between those two things. Can, um, you, can you help me with that? It strikes me more as hip hop with rap elements. Mm. It strikes me more as like hip hop with some songs that would fall more into rap. Okay, so it I is mean, kind of hey, gray let, area. Let's remember here that uh, for the high schoolers listening, I'm older than you, so like I'm an ancient old man too. Can you, <laughs> if if I'm wrong about that, and it's actually more, actually either way, can you just DM me what what genre <laughs> this album is? Like my. My guess is hip hop with rap elements. Okay, so maybe it's kind of a crossover. Yeah, but again, listeners can, that know this better than me, uh, I'm looking at you, Tro's memes. Can you can you DM me what this album is? <laughs> um, 
yeah, because I, I, I would say hip-hop with rap elements, but uh-huh. I've been wrong before. I also don't listen to much rap, so. Okay, yeah, me neither. So in this ranking that we're going to do, I'm just going to say, compare this. This would be like me ranking a meal at an Indian restaurant because I never eat Indian food, and so I have nothing to compare it to. Sure. Right? So this number is just going to come kind of out of the clear blue sky with nothing really to compare it to, except for vanilla ice. <laughs> nice i mean i would give it like i'm thinking like six and a half like i i definitely like it but you're right it's hard to say wow this is amazing when you don't listen to rap albums or hip-hop albums straight through very often right so in in terms of like oh am i gonna just put on this album probably not but if this album comes on i'm not really gonna complain about it either you know like yeah so i'll i'll say i'll I'll just go right there with you I'll, I'll give it a seven. Oh, I should have made you do it first. Yeah. And um, a couple of things that I really appreciated about it. One is that he seemed to be a master of uh, the paradox, like paradoxical. Yeah, his li- it's really lyrically good. It is. It's really lyrically good. I remember one of Again, his Again, on lines, one listen. One, yeah, on one, one, listen. one read through, it's pretty good. <laughs> one of his lines is, it's hard to be an angel when you're surrounded by demons. And so he pairs two polar opposite he did the same there. with heaven and hell at one point i remember yeah he had a line in there i don't remember the exact words but yeah something about like yeah something yeah. heavenly contrasted mm-hmm. with hell yeah yeah so. just in that you know his line about angels and demons um takes a biblical idea and puts some color to it which is we are called you know to live within our identity as a saint and in christ and be holy as god is holy um while at the same time living in the flesh under constant temptation right and so he has a great way of putting putting those ideas into these really great paradoxical statements. And the other thing I appreciated a lot was just the simplicity of um, the music. Like it, it wasn't overwhelming to listen to. There were right. just some really good quality, um, but very simple melodies that that carried the song that were enjoyable to listen to. It lets you focus on the lyrics as well. Right. So, yeah, I'll say seven. Yeah. Well. I feel like we're not ranking them on the same curve because when we talked about this before, I definitely indicated that I liked it more than you did, but you gave it a higher <laughs> ranking than me. <laughs> so I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I will say, like, I guess in closing, maybe like my the the thing that I most get out of this album, especially com- like combined with Jesus is King, like his last two like Christian albums. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope he keeps following Jesus. Yeah, you know, yeah. because. Yeah. he's in a situation he's, he's situated in a place that like most christians can only dream in terms of his influence and the type of people that he's able to influence mm-hmm. um yeah and we there's stories all the time about people who are following jesus mm-hmm. and then stop mm-hmm. and the impact that it has on people you know like i would i would almost guarantee that there's someone out there that mm-hmm. is more curious about jesus or has become a christian as a result of mm-hmm kanye's conversion so yeah yeah the thing i take away from this the most is like i hope he sticks with jesus yeah i I agree and along those lines you know uh, we should pray for him yeah you know that at the end of the day that should be the response of christians who are hopeful that he will keep following jesus is that knowing that it's really hard for us and it's really hard when you have fame right and everybody's looking at you and you're in the spotlight so we should pray for him yeah yeah um okay let's get into our other conversation today this is like a really hard turn like yeah. subject wise there's 
there's no well do we know where does kanye go to church this might be the way in (laughs) i don't know what's it you you can introduce the topic while i look it up okay okay we're gonna spend uh the rest of the time we've got about 13 minutes or so so not a lot of time to get into this but we thought it would be uh helpful and maybe even enjoyable to talk about the different dynamics that are present um in mega churches and uh smaller churches so we're going to get into that a little bit kanye goes uh to lakewood in houston Con- is that right kanye Joel? goes to jolestein's church apparently okay, okay. well hmm. so speaking of mega churches lakewood i i think or at least at one time was the biggest uh, if it's not anymore it's definitely one of the, the largest churches in our country sure so there you go there's our segue there's a segue into mega churches right kanye goes to the mega church of mega churches um tyler you were the one that said hey should we talk about this anything in particular that brought this to your mind recently having this conversation um i don't remember what brought it to my mind but i'm excited to talk about it just because of my so i guess we'll just transition right away into like our experiences with mega churches like that's kind of the first thing we we wanted to hit which is that like so for me i have spent 23 years at two churches like I was 20 years in my first church and now I'm coming up on three years here. Um, both of those churches were around the same size, like a couple hundred people on a Sunday. Um, and so my primary experience with mega churches has been people complaining about them. Um, because I grew, I grew up at a small church in Coon Rapids, which is in the middle of a, a mega church called Eagle Brooks country. I mean, they have like nine campuses. Um, and down here at Eden Prairie, we're really close to Grace and Wooddale and Westwood um and which I, are all quite large which are all very large yes okay. um and in my experience a lot of people who come to smaller churches a lot of them went to a mega church or have been acquainted with mega churches and a lot of them either had bad experiences or didn't enjoy their time so they left mm-hmm. and you know they come they come to a smaller church and you talk about your past experiences mm-hmm. so m- <laughs> most of my most of my upbringing has been people talking about oh this mega church has so many problems. Oh, I don't like that mega church. <laughs> and so I've had to, I've, I only noticed that a couple of years ago. So over the last couple of years, I've been trying to like broaden my perspective, you know, like, like keep a, just, just try to keep a grounded perspective on like, okay, so many people go to these churches. All I hear is people talking badly, we're mostly talking badly about them. Mm. Maybe, but I, I would assume that if I talk to people who go to those churches, I would not hear those same things, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay, stay grounded in my view on, on mega churches. That's, that's because that's my yeah. only experience with them is hearing people say like, oh, a small church is so much better. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I like a small church, I guess. So, I don't know. What about you? Well, to be fair, people leave small churches too, have problems in small churches and leave small churches in order to go to mega churches. Exactly. So it works That's the, other the way thing. Around. It goes both ways. Goes I got to remember ways. that. <laughs> but um, so I, I did, my family and I attended what we would call a mega church in the Dallas area for about four years. So I've had experiences in small churches, you know, a couple hundred people like you, and also a, a season where we were at a really big church, 3,000, 3,500 people. So one thing I'm interested in, Tyler, if you can just give a little summary here is what do you feel like were the most common complaints that you would hear from people who had left a mega church? Right. Um, the, I can think of two immediately. Number one, they would most like people will complain that you don't make any friends, like you don't get to know anybody. Mm. Um, and then secondly, I heard 
I hear a lot of complaints that like the teaching is very watered down. Mm -hmm. So that, that's, that's really, really interesting that you shared those two things because I, I also hear that the I, worship is too loud, but we'll, the worship, we can, okay, we can that's good. That's even better. That, that's even, that's even better because I just did a little exercise before we recorded this podcast and I wrote down what I feel like are both the best that a mega church has to offer and the worst that they have to offer. So what's like the best thing about a mega church? And, and you're qualified because you've been at a mega church. I'm really unqualified <laughs> to talk about mega churches. Well, the, the funny thing is what I wrote down is the best things about mega church are number one, the opportunity for everybody to connect with people that they enjoy and have things huh. in common with. Okay. And secondly, they generally have very high quality music and preaching. Okay. So <laughs> basically what I call the best things were things that you just listed as the most common complaints. Yeah. Um, and that, that's really interesting. One thing I think of right away is that um, a lot of the two things that I noted and that you noted are really up they have a lot of variance by the individual right right like they're very subjective they are very subjective like because yes. what because that that's just that's like a that's a tangent we could go off on that we don't need to but like what what qualifies as deep teaching you know what what kind mm -hmm. of teaching is watered down because people will answer those questions very differently they will they absolutely will and you know as far as people and friends you know yeah at a mega church there's so many people there that the chances are are good and pretty much guaranteed that you can find people to connect with like there will people be people there you have things in common with. right but we it's also a them. lot on you gotta find them yeah, yeah there is work involved in finding those people investing in relationship and those are all things that depend on how much you want to put into it right mm -hmm. right so anyway um just rounding out my list you know i i wrote down what do i feel like is the worst um qualities of a mega church um, and again people could talk about the worst qualities of small churches so this isn't throwing rocks this is just trying to be honest about um larger churches is that um and i think this is probably the thing that was toughest for me when we were at a mega church is that we were so many layers removed from the pastoral staff like I didn't feel like we actually had a pastor. Okay. Um, the closest thing we had to a pastor was the guy that taught our Sunday school class. Mm. Our Sunday school class was about 60 people. And the teacher of that class was much more of a shepherd and a pastor to us than anyone who was on paid staff. Sure. There's just too many people there to get to know um, for the staff. And so, you know, one thing I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on Tyler is how do you feel like you would do in that environment? Would you be okay attending a church where you didn't really feel like you had a pastor that you could make an appointment with and go talk to? Um, Cause that was really the reality at our church is sure. really, it was going to be tough to get a seat at the table with an actual staff member. I mean, a uh, quick twitch. I think that I would be okay with that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, but I also haven't known anything different than being able to talk to my pastor because I've been working mm -hmm. for him, you know, like I've been working yeah. for you and I was working for Jerry before you. Yeah. So mm -hmm. no, I mean, quick, quick twitch. I think that would be fine. But maybe if I got into it, I would be like, Oh, I really miss being able to have an appointment with my pastor when I need it. Yeah. I think I did miss that. And the flip side of that for the staff, like if you're on staff at a mega church, if you're an associate pastor, 
or an assistant is um, I think it would be really hard to feel like you were pastoring, mm. like in using your gift, if that's your gift. Sure. You become more of an administrator yeah where you oversee yeah it's more the the visionary like big picture gifts that are being used i yeah. would think yeah uh yeah, for sure. as opposed to the more relational one-on-one -on -one gifts mm -hmm. yeah interesting um one thing that probably gets cited a lot for good and bad is the ability to go to a mega church and just be anonymous right <laughs> you know if that's what you want out of a church experience you can go to a mega church and just be anonymous and walk in walk out walk yeah. in and walk out um some some people find that really attractive um what how do you feel about that tyler is that an attractive <laughs> thing for you maybe I, on some sundays i would absolutely love that during the process of finding a church yeah you know like i because i i feel like if i were looking for a church i would be mostly focusing on okay how's the music how's the teaching mm -hmm. you know mostly how's the teaching mm -hmm. um and if i, I i'm thinking of a, like a worst case scenario where i went and i was like ugh didn't like this music, did not like this teaching. I never want to come back here. Mm -hmm. But then in a smaller church, maybe I get caught by somebody on the way out the door and I have to make small talk like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm not really sure where I'm going yet. Yep. Yeah, this was, yep, this was a Sunday. It was mm -hmm. cool to hear a new person speak. <laughs> like I, I would love to avoid that awkward interaction in the event that I was planning on never coming back. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I would really like that when I was first starting there. I mean, when I decided to get involved, that might be a little bit more of a challenge then. Like if I, if I want to be making friends and it's difficult mm -hmm. and you feel anonymous. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it would, I think at the beginning I would like it. I think as I got more involved, I might like it a little bit less. I want to ask you a question that is um, a little bit of a tangent, but it's along the same lines in the rise, especially as we've seen the rise of satellite campuses. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, a mega church that spins off uh, different campuses a lot of times they'll have a campus pastor who's in charge of that campus. Yeah. Um, also, you know, it's not uncommon to have the sermon time presented uh, through video. So it's either pre-recorded yep. and shown on video at the campus or it's a live video feed from another campus. So tell me your personal thoughts about um, receiving the sermon that way, as opposed to having someone right there in the room with you. Do you see any difference? Does it bother you, not bother you? It's definitely um, different. I mean, I have experienced things. that before, like yeah. visiting a mega church. It's definitely different, but it didn't bother me. Mm -hmm. I, and that might just be because I'm of the age that I've grown up watching people talk on screens a lot, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but no, that, that wouldn't really be an issue for me, yeah. I don't think. I actually wrote one of my senior papers on that subject of, of video, um, video preaching and came down pretty hard on the side of, it's better to have an embodied person in the room hmm. like that, you know, right. Um, mostly just planting my flag in the idea that Christianity is incarnational Yeah, and being actually being present means a lot. Right. Um, and I would agree with that. So, yeah, I, I think that I would struggle with that and probably would not ever choose to attend a church where that was like the primary, sure. primary way of being taught. Nice. Um, I, I kind of feel like if that's what I desired, you know, you can find that at home. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> On your own. Well, we have so, what, like a minute and a half left. Uh, which yeah. which way is better? Is a big church better? Or is a small church better, Matt? Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Um, I don't know if I could say. I kind of feel like better and worse may may not be the right categories. Um, 
but yet at the same time, I'm not sure that it's just a matter of personal preference either. I, I don't know if I if I can settle yet on what exact on how exactly I feel about it. They both have strengths and weaknesses. Well, and I feel like they're trying to accomplish different things too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. well, they're they're both trying to advance Jesus, mm-hmm. but they're trying to accomplish the same thing in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Like you, I mean, you have that you have this like article here that you told that we kind of looked at mm-hmm. about how smaller churches a lot of times are going for more of a family focus and right. maybe a sm- a reach but maybe a smaller reach whereas mm-hmm. larger churches are going for maybe less of a family focus but a broader reach hopefully mm-hmm. so i mean i feel like it would just come down to where you feel like you can make the most impact be fed the most give the most back how about I don't this? Know, what do you think does anyone start out as a church thinking we're going to be a mega church that's a great question to ask as we hit 30 minutes um <laughs> Does anyone, what was the question? You know, when there's a church plant or when a new church is started, does anyone go into that experience thinking we're planting a mega church? This is our mentality. I'm sure. I'm be. sure people have done that. Yeah. The, the question is, is that healthy? Like, is that good? Uh-huh. You know? Uh-huh. And I would think that it would come down to motive. Like, are you trying to plant a mega church because you want to be the pastor of a mega church? Mm-hmm. Or are you trying to plant a mega church because you want so many people to come to know Jesus that you qualify as a megachurch. Yeah, and it's exactly right. And the reason I asked the question is because we've got um, Tyler and I, as Tyler said, we were looking over this article, which was written by a pastor of a megachurch. And he describes the mindset at small churches, and he compares that to the mindset at, at a megachurch and says, these are different mindsets. Everyone just needs to basically choose the one they're most comfortable with. Right. And it just struck me that the mindset as a mega as a mega church is something that develops over time Hmm. Um, because you only get that mindset whenever your church has grown enough to be that way. You don't like start out thinking, yeah, we're going to have a church where the staff is really separated from the congregation. That's inherently better to have these layers of separation. And you don't start out thinking that, you know, everyone here is not going to really get to know each other. Um, we're gonna, and that's all right <laughs> and that's okay because that's inherently better yeah it's something that develops over time once your church reaches a certain size and then you've got to decide okay are we comfortable being this or is the better thing to like do a church plan yeah yeah split and say now that we're this big we realize the greater value is in splitting off and sending a group over here to be more effective that way sure or are we going to stay here in this environment where a lot of people just don't know each other and the people don't know their pastoral staff very well. And is that a good thing to do? Right. And I'm not answering those questions. I'm just posing those questions right now right. Uh, for us to all think about and um, decide where we think we fit best in uh, God's kingdom through the yeah. local church. Cool. What are yeah. we talking about next week? Um, next week, we're going to uh, talk about how we went way over time today. And we'll just apologize for 30 minutes next yeah. week. Yeah, well, we're road tripping next week. That's true. Yeah, right? very special so, podcast next week. We will be on location, mm-hmm. and we'll tell you what that location is next oh, week. an unknown location. Well, we know where it is, but <laughs> okay. the listeners may know. Some of them know. And will we be recording from that unknown location? We will be. All right. Yeah. That so. sounds good. I'm excited. And we're also, it's also happens. not a live, like we're, we're recording and then not releasing until a few days later. So if any big world news happens in the middle of next week, we will not 
yeah. be able to talk about it. No, we will not. So get ready for uh, just a very interesting podcast next week. But for now, have a wonderful week. Goodbye. Hello, devoted Valley View podcast listeners. I hope you just enjoyed our lovely episode 16. Um, I have just a couple of notes to finish this podcast. Uh, sorry that we're going a little bit long this week. Uh, first of all, you may have noticed that there was no sponsor at the beginning. Uh, that's because we had a little bit of a mishap with copyright infringement. Um, we just we, we wanted to thank our sponsors for this week. We have two of them. One of them is named Elliot. It's a human being. Uh, he knows who he is. He's honored to be sponsored. Our other sponsor is Paragon Bakery. Uh, they, they gave us a free cookie this week, so we had to had to return the favor with the sponsorship. Um, so those are our sponsors. If you want to be sponsored, give us free food, or we might just sponsor you anyways because we, you know, we like to freely give uh, as as Jesus has freely given to us. Um, also, I would like to make one quick uh, fact checking cleanup. Uh, we we did a little more research this week, and Kanye is not, in fact, as far as we know, he does not attend Lakewood Church in Dallas, uh, but he did perform there after the album went out. It was the first result on Google. That was why we assumed that he went there. Um, and I think that's it. Just wanted to just wanted to make sure that we were sponsored. Uh, just wanted to, you know, we strive for accuracy here on the VVP. So we're, we're very excited for next week. Um, I'm sorry that Matt usually is not in these after segments, but I function as the editor. So you get me, Tyler of the Valley View podcast. Have a wonderful week.